bring your brooms because it's a mess. And I want to end daylight savings time. I hate when it gets dark early. Washington, D.C., I have a message for you. I'm bringing my broom because you know why? It's a mess. Welcome to Talking Giants. Presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Today's show is kind of a downer. When we were talking DeAndre Baker, uh, new updates in the legal cases. Seems like he's not going to be a giant, even though I was... Up until Friday, I was expecting him to play week one, to be honest. And the Leonard Williams stuff is rehashed, and I think it's... We don't like to beat a dead horse, but I think it's time for us to kind of rehash that conversation quickly. But we also have giant stories, so that's... That'll be fun. That'll be good. But Justin Pennick, how are you doing? It's weird looking at you, I'll be honest, with this video stuff. Yeah, we're trying out some video stuff. Uh, we're trying to get ready for the summer. We're trying to provide awesome content to all of you through various formats, not just podcasts, but going on YouTube, integrating some video stuff, trying to sound better, trying to look better. I've always said that I have a radio body. I don't have a video body, so I guess I need to work on that. Uh, Bobby Skinner, I'm not feeling great. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, like you said, this is going to be kind of a, a bad brain, bad take episode. Not hopefully not episode with bad takes, but takes, takes that are but takes that are bad about the Giants because I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling worried. <clears throat> not not about twenty twenty, but there are just certain things that are on my brain right now that are worrying me about this football team. You know, we'll talk about Leonard Williams. DeAndre Baker's obviously a huge bummer and everything that went down with there. This this is going to be a fun time. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Sometimes these things are necessary. But, yikes, uh, not really looking forward to having this conversation, though. Yes, and um, also bad news. Our freaking Greasy 3 shirts lasted an hour and a half on our website before the man took them down. Well, they all sold out. We're all fighting the man. The man said, oh, you're not allowed to put these shirts up. Whatever. Um, copyright. Un- copyright. Un- copyright. Unforgivable. We're going to have to figure out a way to do that. Maybe we'll do like a one-day sale where you know our listeners can get it. And also, um, because it's going to be some negative stuff, I have a, a, a beverage with me. But may- basically, the only reason I'm drinking this is one is because... I bought some a new case of water for my fridge at the grocery store, and I forgot to put it in the fridge, so it's been sitting in the back of my truck until thirty minutes ago. So it's like boiling. That's hot. not one of those. Is that one of those spike seltzer seltzers? It is. I won't say what which one it is because uh, we don't give away free ads. Copyright. Uh, yeah, copyright. And also, I thought we could be like other giants podcasts. Hold on. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's... Too too soon. <laughs> All right. Way too soon. All right. All right. Let's get into it, though, Justin. Yeah, no more fun. Let's uh, let's cry about our secondary, please. DeAndre Baker. News comes out Friday. Um, New York Post uh, saying that, uh, or Pat Leonard saying that there's new stuff in the DeAndre Baker case, and it is not good. Basically saying that these guys paid him off, and they have Instagram DMs of it and uh, alleged video of it. And Justin, we talked about it from the beginning. We were kind of like, wait and see, and then... The case actually looked really good for DeAndre Baker after his initial hearings because these affidavits saying that they were recanting their statements. It's like, okay, it's good. And in the back of both of our heads, we probably like maybe they did pay him off, but it's like, whatever. Who cares? I don't care if they paid him off um, because, you know, all I care about is him being found innocent so he can play football and be a good football player for the New York Giants. And we're hoping that this could be a wake-up call for DeAndre Baker, a needed wake-up call. So let's get into what the details are, and then uh, we'll go for him. Okay, so there's DMs with uh, the coach, who was the one guy, uh, his last name is Johnson, in the in the court case or in, that was at the incident that said that they weren't doing anything illegal. So here's what uh, his, some of his DMs said. We all headed to the lawyer now to get the charges dropped. I got them bleeps to sign the papers. Johnson allegedly wrote one message on May 15th. Got them same bleeps. That said they got robbed to say they didn't. Same bleeps that got robbed. I made them fix that bleep. What happened? A person whose name is not disclosed asked Johnson. They got mad because the other dudes won the money, Johnson wrote. Bruh, that bleep ain't got uh, go nothing like that. He wrote another message the same day. According to the warrant, three ball players was meeting out to play against each other in Madden for the money. And the only way uh, bleeps was invited is because they was NFL bleeps. By the way, the bleeps are the N-word. 
um because they were like what are you talking about no street bleep so everything was supposed to be safe and everybody knew who everybody was because they played against each other in the season one got mad feel like the other was cheating took his money back i got caught in the middle because i invited the two dudes from the crib so that's how they put me in the middle i never told on nobody so basically kind of what we thought from the original that these guys won and somebody wasn't paying up and it turns into an argument i think we all like thought that from the beginning justin and i think one of our biggest things was like hey these witnesses are very sketchy they waited two hours to call and they still are sketchy and they're probably not credible but when you have on paper that you're paying these guys off that's where you get screwed um i don't know how all the legal stuff works justin because maybe now that they, they they're still not credible witnesses because they are willing to take money but the fact that you have this on paper, I don't. Maybe the lawyer can spin his own stuff, but this just looks really bad. And there's some like concrete, like okay, DeAndre Baker was like, there's there's proof that he was doing bad things, and there was a report that the Giants are going to cut him, Justin. And there was also uh, supposed video, and I know I'm reading a lot of stuff right now. Sorry. All right, in the video, the news warrant says that in the video, uh, Greco is seen leaving his 24th floor, the lawyer office, taking the elevator to the lobby and bringing Johnson and the four alleged victims to his office at 2.26 p.m. Johnson eventually leaves the office and meets an unknown person in the lobby, according to the warrant, and then Johnson and the unknown person take the elevator up to the lobby at 2.34. During the elevator ride, the unknown person removes a black bag from his shoulders, opens it, and removes money. The person also shows the open bag to Johnson, and you can see a large quantity of money. Johnson then takes the bad, the warrant reads. Uh, then everybody meets in front of Greco's office before going aside. Everyone had left the building by around uh, 3.15. So DeAndre Baker's lawyer spin zoning, as we knew this, and the FBI was trying to get these guys for extortion. I, I don't buy that, Justin. I know the lawyers can do stuff. and Maybe that will work in, K- in court, but I don't see that holding up. Um, I don't buy it. Justin, I think DeAndre Baker is done is the moral of this story. Yeah, long story short, uh, DeAndre Baker uh, and Quentin Dunbar paid off witnesses, and they did it all, and they were, there was a paper trail, um, and that's bad. Uh, you don't want to do that. Little little legal advice. Uh, I know Bobby and I have taken on the, what what are, what are we calling ourselves, uh, uh, street You're lawyers? You're a college lawyer, and I'm a street lawyer. I'm a college lawyer. Well, I think a college lawyer and a street lawyer can agree on that you don't really want to have a paper trail of bad things that you're not supposed to be doing. Um, so that's good. that's good radio right there. And they did it. And I honestly, Bobby, I haven't looked really much further into the whole, well, are the witnesses credible? And if the, the witnesses, witnesses aren't, aren't credible, credible, but I don't think that will, matters now. But does that help DeAndre Baker in court? I didn't look into it because, Bobby, I don't care because I don't think DeAndre Baker is going to be a giant. I think that's if you're lazy enough to have this paper trail. Like, we're talking about things... Hey, here's a wild take. If you're lazy enough to have this paper trail about bad things that you're not supposed to be doing, then, hey, you know, this may leak into other parts of your life, and I can imagine that this is something that... Hey, the if this is something that's actually a paper trail, and that you can see that this is happening, this is not something that the Giants want to be a part of their, their team. And I can imagine, like, Pat Hanlon doesn't want to be sitting up there, who's the PR guy, asking, why is this guy back when you have this paper trail of all this bad stuff happening? And I can imagine that is not something they want to be doing. Crime 101 is don't ever text or in, use social media to talk about your crimes. It's like the simplest thing. That's like crime 101 is don't do that. I mean, I think I said on Talking Sports that I think everyone like in college like knew like a weed, a guy who sold weed who would do it through Facebook Messenger. And everyone was just like, dude, you're going to get caught doing that. Mm-hmm. And they did that on a much larger scale. So I think they're screwed. I think they're done. And there was a report saying that they, they don't expect them to be on the roster much longer. And Justin, I think they're going to wait until the day before training camp just to make sure nothing else, you know, gets surprised. Uh, or if this lawyer really is able to say, like, if he is telling the truth, Brad, Brad for Cohen about how we are working with the FBI to prove that they're extorting him. I don't believe that. Also, he called him Andre, which is kind of funny. So Bradford Cohen, I was all on Team Cohen to start this. Now I'm totally against it. Whatever, Bradford. Shut up, Bradford. I think a significant part about this is that Dunbar... Dunbar's first lawyers. So that was if you watch the bond hearing and you know what we put up on the Talking Giants YouTube as well. That was the first set of attorneys that was you know at that bond hearing because um, Baker went second. So Dunbar actually dismissed those you know that guy 
and then another set of lawyers came on to represent Dunbar, and then they left. They chose to leave, and now some, now we have a third set of lawyers that's representing Dunbar. So it's it seems to be falling apart, and I really don't care anymore because I don't think Baker is going to be a giant. So I'm done putting investment into being a college lawyer, and Bobby, I think you're also done putting investment into being a, a street lawyer. So I also have some takes about how people have been reacting to this, but do we have anything else about the actual situation itself? I will say one um, one person, uh, NYG fan and CLT, he asked, the NFL suspended an Arizona DB on the IR a full year for betting on a game. Not, uh, not illegal, no criminal charges. Why won't the NFL ding Baker for consorting with gamblers? or gambling in a legal game, regardless of any criminal charges. Um, it is against the rules, actually, to to be in these illegal gamings. I pull up the rule. NFL personnel are strictly prohibited from participating or in facilitating in any form of illegal gambling. This is what this was, was illegal gambling. But it also is a case-by-case. Case. And the reason that guy was dinged for the whole year is because the one thing they are consistent on is that if you bet on your, on, on your sport, that you will be screwed. So they do it case-by-case, case, but... I mean, we've seen it with baseball with Pete Rose. They don't play around with uh, people betting on their sport and messing with the integrity of the sport. It's just kind of like a, it's a zero. It's like one of those things where it's actually a zero tolerance policy. There's no leniency. But he wasn't it. betting on. He wasn't betting on any. He it was a illegal poker game, but he wasn't betting on anything in, in regards to sports. Right, right. But the illegal poker games is against the rules too. But the, okay. I'm talking about the Arizona DB that got suspended for the year because he was betting on NFL yeah. games. Um. So there's that. So. Justin, we can go about this a few ways. We could talk about Dave Gettleman. I know, like, majority of the questions were, what's Dave Gettleman's role in this? You know, there was uh, character concerns with Baker um, coming out of the draft, and that's why he slipped a little bit. Where, where do you want to? Where do you want to go with this? I want to talk about cap implications first because that's been a question that a lot of people have been asking, and we've been like, ah. Rah, rah, rah. Um, so take all of this with a grain of salt as I try to find DeAndre Baker's name on spot rack there it is so deandre baker um if we were to cut him outright right if we were to cut him outright that would be a dead cap of 7.5 million dollars for this year now even though his salary this year is less than a million dollars about three quarters of a million dollars no it's more than i'm sorry it's it's a little bit of less than a million dollars his signing bonus is 1.5 million dollars so that stuff is always guaranteed the signing bonus that's things that that's always that's guaranteed but what could be reworked, and this is from NJ.com, Matt Lombardo wrote this article about how the salary cap ramifications of Baker's arm robbery can help the Giants, can hurt the Giants, et cetera, et cetera. And the main thing that I got out of that article and from what Lombardo's pulling, so again, take everything with a grain of salt because I don't even know if Lombardo officially knows. Um, and I know everybody heaves over the thought of Matt Lombardo. So the big thing Rightly is, is so. that the Giants may be on the hook for DeAndre Baker in 2020. So the dead cap this year doesn't look too bad. It's not like it's not like we're talking about last year where we have Odell Beckham, Olivier Vernon, Snacks Harrison, etc. We have just Janoris Jenkins' final year of his contract as dead cap a little bit. Um, but we may be on the hook, especially for that signing bonus this year. But depending on how the NFL chooses to punish DeAndre Baker in regards to this case, and that's with your point, Bobby Skinner, about, you know, that Arizona player getting suspended for gambling and the gambling is illegal and things like that. The Giants may not be on the hook for his salary, his yearly salary that is separate from the signing bonus, basically from 2020 and thereafter. They may be on the hook a little bit in 2020, but from there on after, if the NFL does things maybe accordingly and things go the Giants' way, they may be off the hook a little bit. Right. And if there's enough, even if the Giants were to keep him, there's enough evidence now where he'd be pit on the NFL exempt list until this court case was figured out, and when he got back, he would be suspended regardless because the NFL kind of makes their own rules when it goes to that. Where they don't need they don't need a guilty conviction. Um, do you hate that if the Giants were to do that? Um, I don't know. Like at at this point, I right now, I think I need time because right now I'm so emotional. I'm so. Like mad, especially when you combine out, you know, the whole Alja Grossas thing. You combine that. Oh my, you know, you, we don't even know how much time you know these guys are going to get in camp. And I know the NFL is going to go strong no matter what. But we're talking about the quality of football that we're going to be seeing from the Giants this year. That's the big question. Um, so it's just a lot of these things that are that are boiling up, and it's just like, come on, can we catch a break? And it's the fan in me that's just like, I'm done with the situation right now. But I have a feeling a month from now, Bobby, if the Giants do that. 
And if they go that route, I'm not hating it. Yeah. I don't know yet. Though. The NFL exempt know. list is kind of like it's kind of a get out of free get out of jail free card where you don't have to make a really difficult decision. You just pin them on there and you pay them, and then you make the decision when something happens. So if they do that, I'm not going to be mad. I just I think his time as a giant is done. Even if they put him on that list, he will be done eventually. Also, they might just want to get rid of, like, get off, get his contract off the books. You know, obviously, yes, they will incur some dead cap, but the sooner you do that, the better you do, the better it is long term. Yeah, spin zone. Um, you can, uh, because the cap may actually decrease next year. So, spin zone, Giants save a little bit of cap room. Yeah, very little. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a lot. A big thing was like, what is Gettleman's involvement with this? You have one side that says like, there's no way Gettleman could have seen this coming, and then there's the other side like. This guy had character concerns. Gettleman should have known. I think it lands somewhere in the middle, Justin, because obviously this is a guy who there's reports he fell asleep in meetings last year. He wasn't really picking up the playbook and stuff like that. But also, I know there was a trade up, but I, I heard, I can't remember what GM said it. And he he said, you know, like he said he was a big believer in trading up because you always have, you always have more picks to use, you know, like you, it's kind of, yeah. it was kind of interesting when he said it. He's like, you can always go to the next year's draft. So like hypothetically you could just trade up every single year and you'll just always be trading up. So the trading up for it doesn't really bother me much. Although he pro like there might be a good chance he would have fell to what do we have? The 37th pick um, last year or 37, 38 mm-hmm. could have fell there. So I'm not, I don't really want to say anything about the trading up. That doesn't really make a difference. The thing is taking him at 30, a guy who had some character concerns. My thing was when it happened is like, everyone says he has character concerns, but we don't like what are they? And then some came out that it was he didn't really work out uh, a lot. But at thirty, I'm okay with taking a chance on a guy, especially after you you already had two first round picks in Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones of a guy who was a dominant cornerback in the SEC. Yeah, like he was dominant. He was the best cornerback in college. He won the college cornerback of the year, the Jim Thorpe Award. He was awesome. So I'm okay with that. That being said, you take a risk, and this risk has come back and bit him in the ass i think sleeping and meeting stuff gets a little overblown if it was consistent then that's a huge problem but i've also been in rooms where like captains have fallen asleep from time to time you're like it it, it happens from time to time obviously in a qb room it's not going to happen because you have three guys but in a db room you've got 12 guys you just finished a three-hour practice you might be a little tired but if it's consistent that's an issue so there was so there's character issues and those character issues have obviously come to light could have Gettleman predicted this? No. But he did take a chance on a guy with character issues. And I do think he deserves a little bit of blame for that. Yeah, because Bobby, at this point, you can separate and draw the line in the sand. And this is totally fine of doing exactly what you just did of, yes, Gettleman does not deserve blame for foreseeing criminal criminal activity, but also being like, yes, he does deserve criticism. And here's the main question that I really want to ask. Like, at what point, is Dave Gettleman held accountable? There has to be a point where we have to look into the mirror when it comes to like our draft picks and hold someone accountable. There has to be a point. And I'm genuinely asking that question. I'm not I'm not trying to be like a wise ass, but when should we hold Dave Gettleman accountable? I'm genuinely asking that question. This is a podcast of a lot of questions for me today. At what point are we going to hold Dave Gettleman accountable? We don't know. He is definitely not responsible for, for, for seeing criminal activity, like I just said. If the reports are correct, Character concerns about work ethic during the pre-draft process do not correlate to criminal activity. They don't. Sorry. If there are people who have that belief that Dave Gunnelman should have somehow seen this coming, this criminal activity coming based off of what the discussions were in the pre-draft room, that has no zero correlation. Zero correlation. And I'm very frustrated by that take. But nevertheless, we did get that report from Dunleavy that the report that the room was reportedly split on whether to draft Baker or not. Um, we know for a fact that John Mara and certainly Chris Mara like to insert themselves on player personnel decisions. Maybe Gettleman was in the side of the room that was not for drafting Baker and other people in the room made the decision for them. And I bring this up because we don't know. We don't know, Bobby. I think Gettleman was, though, because he you know, he falls in love with the tape, and DeAndre Baker's tape yeah. was amazing coming out of Georgia. I mean, you yeah. go back and watch it, and you fall in love with them. I mean, you go watch him against mm-hmm. Alabama and those wide receivers. Didn't allow a touchdown, Bobby. Yeah, you watch him against those Alabama wide receivers, and you see him collapse on guys. And in the SEC Championship, I think he like he was thrown at five times. He allowed two passes, and one was like the most contested catch ever. You know, there's like nothing he could do. 
And he did have a bad year. I think it was a little, it was made to be out worse than what it was because I started so bad because he actually kind of got mm-hmm. better as it went along. It wasn't perfect, but he hit, there were some and bright also James spots. He Betcher, didn't have the interceptions to go there with it. Um, and James Betcher got his head out of his own ass and started using, uh, I'm sorry for the for the bad word. Ass is an okay word um, to use. We could, Not the words earlier in the podcast. You can't use those. Um, but, <laughs> no, but no. Ass is okay. Um, but James Betcher got his head out of his own ass and actually started using some of his players better to their strengths towards the end of the season because they just suck so bad. So he needed to do something that actually tried to help some of these players. But Bobby, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna wrap up, kind of put put a bow on my main like Gettleman point here about why do I ask like at what point does Dave Dave Gettleman need to be held accountable? We need some hits. We don't need guys with promise or guys that we're looking forward to see next year. I love Sterling Shepard. But I'm tired of walking away from a season saying, I can't wait to see this guy next year. I can't wait to see what Evan Ingram does next year. I can't wait to see what Lorenzo Carter and BJ Hill do next year. I'm getting tired of it. If we're walking away from 2020 still saying the same old things about some of Dave Gettleman's guys, and I know Ingram is not a Dave Gettleman guy. I know Sterling Shepard's not a Dave Gettleman guy, but he was extended during Dave Gettleman's uh, time. We have a problem. If we're walking away from some of these guys saying, Oh, I can't. I still can't wait to see what Lorenzo Carter can do next year. I still can't wait to see what B.J. Hill can do next year. And this kind of also can transition us to Leonard Williams, too. That's a problem. And, Bobby, it's one of those things with Baker. This is, okay, let's just add another guy that just doesn't work out to this Giants franchise, especially these first-round picks that we can't even extend into their second contract. And that's very frustrating. Right. I think very frustrating. a lot was with... Direct correlation to the Baker, um, in which we'll talk about with a voicemail we got from Topher Pete, is what happens with Love, Holmes, Beal, and Ballantyne, if a couple of those guys can be solid. With the first two, you Ingram and Shepard, I just can't get on guys for like on the GM for injuries. Um but as far as like Carter, like I'll I'll back up Gettleman a little bit with Carter and Hill. My expectations were never for them to be dominant players. Like for a third round pick, what Carter is, and you know, we do see players develop. I mean, look at Dalvin Tomlinson and what he's developed to. We wouldn't have said that after year two. Like what Carter is, I'm okay with that. He's just a solid football player. And you get yeah, a but my, my whole point is results, Bobby. My whole point is about getting results. The Giants are not getting results. And I'm not I'm not harping here saying fire Gettleman, fire this person, get rid of this guy. I'm just talking about in general and looking at this franchise saying we're not getting results. And Dave and I will say this though, John Merrick talked about how Dave Gettleman needs to increase his batting average. That's the main thing that I'm looking for this season in terms of if if this season's going to be successful. If that man can increase his batting average with some of these players that we've invested in. And you know what? Regardless of what kind of investment that I put in a guy like Lorenzo Carter, you put a guy like Lorenzo Carter, despite the expectations, I'm just solely talking about results. And we have not been getting those results. And DeAndre Baker is just the epitome of us not getting results with certain players that we really invest in. Right. Which is why Daniel Jones is so important. But I, I mean, I believed in DeAndre <laughs> Baker as, as a player before all this. It's not like De- it's not like DeAndre Baker the player um, isn't good. And then as far as other guys, like third round picking on, like I I don't know how. Like I know everyone thought Lorenzo Carter was going to be the the next best thing last year, but I was like, hey, this guy's a third round pick, and he's never really been like that explosive guy. I think he could be a solid player, and I didn't think he was a solid player. Like nothing special, but I thought he was solid. So you know, it takes time. Also with their time is ticking. And then when you fire your coach, it it's yep. a mess. And that's what we talked about, you know, before you were on this podcast, we talked about is it's very dangerous to fire a coach and you don't fire the GM that hired them when they came at the same time. It's dangerous. Even if like, I love Gettleman's drafting. I love his, I liked his free agency this year, especially with James Bradbury, the trades with Ogletree and Leonard Williams, which we'll get to in a second. Not so much. So he's definitely, he's, he, he deserves criticism. It's kind of a question of how much, and you know, I don't, not going to rehash all of that. All right, so what do we no. do going forward results. without DeAndre Baker? Let's play the voicemail from Topher Pete. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Justin. It's Topher Pete here. Got a quick question, man. With all this DeAndre Baker stuff going around, and Bobby, I see you said the same thing. I'm just tired of following it, tired of dealing with it, tired of worrying about it, whether he's going to be there, whether he's not. Uh, let's just assume he's not. Bradbury is set up to be like our number one cornerback. He can follow anybody around. He went against Julio Jones. He went against Michael Thomas. He went against uh, Mike Evans. Do you see the Giants 
going in with that strategy, not necessarily making a guy the number two cornerback, but let's put Bradbury on the number one receiver and then have like a cornerback by committee, depending on the game, depending on the play, depending on the situation. You know, the Patriot way, different game plan for different teams, different situations. Can you see Love maybe taking that role sometimes and then Holmes in the slot? Or can you see Valentine taking that role sometimes? I'm just curious what you guys think. Uh, it's frustrating. Back and forth with DeAndre Baker. I really wanted to be there. We kind of thought the news was going to go our way. Then it went and took a turn. And now, who knows? So I'm kind of on board with just moving on without him and making a decision. And I just want to know what you guys think and see what these guys can do. All right, man. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks. Thank you, Topher Pete, for calling in. Always good to hear your voice. So basically what he said is, what do the Giants do going forward? Do they do, you know, a by committee? I want to say this before we get into it. I was looking at Julian Love's um, Instagram stories for our Giants stories segment that we're going to do in a segment. And he did an ask me a question thing. And somebody asked him, like, what was, like, was it difficult changing positions? And he kind of seemed like he's still playing safety. And that kind of worries me because Love was, to me, is like the saving grace of the corner spot. Obviously, Bradbury is going to be the number, you know, the number one corner. But I don't know how they're going to attack it. You know, there's a guy like Holmes who there's excitement about, but he's also fourth-round pick as a rookie. I don't want to put too many expectations, but maybe he could come in and, and succeed as a full-time nickel corner instead of being on the outside where he um, had some struggles against bigger, more physical wide receivers. Um, whereas when he went against Hollywood Brown, it was beautiful. He shut down Hollywood Brown, and it was awesome to see he got an interception against Kyler. So maybe they're confident with him in the nickel role. He was working out your real peppers this past week. And then Julian Love, Corey Ballantyne, or Sam Beal on the outside. Now, I thought Julian Love was going to play nickel with DeAndre Baker on the outside. I don't know what's going to happen with Julian Love. I would like to see him play corner, though. He, he was a, the second-best corner in the nation to DeAndre Baker, Justin. He had, like, 28 deflections in two years. I think he can be a good corner. And with Peppers and McKinney, we don't need him to play safety. So I think, I think Love should play corner, whether it's corner, whether it's outside or nickel. Where are you at with these guys? And I'll start with where, who do you like more, Ballantyne or Beal, if you're starting one of those guys on the outside? Sorry, um, Beal Nation, because there really is a lot of people out there who, who are big fans of Beal. Uh, I'm more Ballantyne at this point. He's He has just been in a Giants uniform for longer than Sam Beal, and he has logged more reps at this point. And he also has this – I know Beal has the fast 42, and a lot of people like to talk about that. Ballantyne showed me more. He showed me a little bit more. I hate having this conversation. Yeah, it's a, I hate it's having a, this. It's conversation. a very weak spot of the team, and I can I can see defenses. Or I can see offenses just being like, "Hey, we are going to put our slot receiver to whatever side that you know, opposite of Bradbury, and we're going to attack that side of the field." I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a huge issue for us, especially with a, a defensive coordinator like Graham who likes to play a lot of man. That being said, I Is I that... do like Ballantyne as a prospect. I like I get yeah. that he struggled at nickel, but he's not a nickel corner. There's no. things I like there. Beal, I didn't see it, but you know, we also like we only saw what like four games of him, and he wasn't even he didn't even play a ton of reps until like the last game where he was splitting reps. So I don't know. Uh maybe we could pull some magic out of this Joe, you know, Joe Judge, Patrick Graham thing. You know, they've got the Patriots have gotten the best out of guys that were given up on. I don't know. I'm very confident in James Bradbury. I love James Bradbury. Um, but the other guys, man, I I don't I don't know what to think, and especially it's, it, what makes it even tougher is the fact that we have no idea if Julian Love is playing corner or safety. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out in in a matter of a few weeks, which is nice. Um, you know, we'll have we'll have some hopefully some people that are in the know that can hopefully give us some answers on that, and hopefully they even ask the questions to begin with, because that's the biggest question. That's the biggest question of who is going to take DeAndre Baker's spot, and then therefore how how is the cookie going to crumble at the safety spots and also at slot corner? But slot corner here here here's the most important questions we need to ask if a beat reporter is listening to this. Cornerback number two, slot corner safety. That's where we need to know that what they're thinking right now, and they probably won't tell us to start because maybe they don't even know. But Bobby, this is goes back to my point that I had with you know just talking about Gettleman in general about results. And getting results, and you talk, and I thought you worded it perfectly about relying on Darnay Holmes, who was a fourth round pick, and at uh, at the slot corner spot. Well, go back a few years ago, you know, we're relying on a guy like Tevin Wade at slot corner, right? And where did he even come from? Can't even tell you. And then Grant Haley, these past two years, we've been basically relying on him at slot corner, and he's been an undrafted free agent out of Penn State. 
So That's we're true. relying you on these. Forget that Grant Haley's on the roster. He's like the most forgotten guy on the roster. And he was relied upon. And granted, he had hype going into 20, uh, 2019. I was excited and, for him know. going to 2019. I actually had but, some kind of confidence in him. But still, the point stands that we feel like we've been building this secondary for, you know, basically since Gettleman stepped foot in the door, basically. And here we are. We're still feeling we're still feeling like we're starting at square one. That even just because of that, that damn slot corner or that damn cornerback two spot, that that's hold, literally it's holding back the entire secondary. Hopefully, you know, Janoris Jenkins, it's I'm you know, I'm a big numbers guy, and I like to look at the the fo- the football outsiders numbers this week for the Giants defense. And the discrepancy between how football outsiders ranked the Giants rush defense and the Giants pass defense. It was the largest discrepancy in the NFL. So they ranked the Giants rush defense seventh. They ranked the Giants pass defense 30, 31st based off of their metric called DVOA. That's the largest discrepancy in the league. And Bobby, maybe if you don't have a, a, a Janoris Jenkins esque type of Tampa Bay game that makes the Giants secondary look, look a little bit better. And that's the importance of having a cornerback number, number one, but it's just again pulling out the hair about you know of course this can't go right for this team because you love Peppers you love McKinney you love the versatility of where you can put uh, love and you love Bradbury but it's those those two goddamn spots where you can put James Bradbury's not going to line up in the slot mostly you can put a team's best wide receiver in the slot and they can have a field day and that's what ha- that's what that's what's been happening anyway these last few years. Anyway, yeah, I did like your take of just never draft a corner again. Just sign the best in free agency every year. Never. I actually think that's kind of a good strategy. Um, and we've and Giants have had success with that. You know, DRC, Janoris Jenkins, couple yeah, got couple guys right there. Um, all right, can we be done with DeAndre Baker? Hopefully, this is the last time we talk about him until he's cut. I mean, we're thirty three. We're like thirty minutes in. I'm done. I'm done with DeAndre Baker. Can we? I be have done? one more. I've I have one more because I forgot to say this before. Um, in t- in terms of people's reactions to the take, can I just say that? Well, no. Let me let me say this because we both didn't do this because we're faces and we're figures of you know. Giants fandom, and I like to think that sometimes people listen to us and rely on our takes. You know, Topher Pete was even one that said at the end of his voicemail that I thought that things were looking up, and we're probably the ones that convinced them that things were looking up. So I'll apologize to everybody who listened to us and took our word for it that DeAndre Baker was going to be a giant. You know, who cares at this point if he's going to jail or prison? But I I apologize to every I I will I will do that. But never apologize. It shows weakness. I have a soft spot for everybody, Bobby, because I feel bad for people that we basically almost kind of like let down. Like, how come you jerks, you convinced me that this guy was going to be a part of the team and you convinced us that everything was going to be fine. And now you're tearing your hair out talking about cornerback two and slot corner. So I'm with you. Uh, you know, we're, we're right there with you. But I won't apologize for being logical when there have been some people on Twitter who have been praising themselves for being right about having this conspiracy theory that... Oh, well, well, uh, I knew that they were going to pay off the witnesses. I told you this. The reason why you have that take, Bobby, the reason why, and I'm not saying you, the reason why anybody would have that take is because the night that this all happened, you were tweeting out, DeAndre Baker's a piece of crap. Get him off my football team. So then things started to look bad during that bond hearing. Things started to look up. So then you were like, oh, but he paid off the witnesses. So you're grasping for straws. You are reaching for straws with that take. You're not having that take because you're logical. So I don't want to hear you celebrating that you're right. Here's what I'll say, Justin. Let a, who cares? Sorry. They're not like you said. We try to. We have to. Like if we say something wrong, it gets held against us. You know what? If I were weren't doing this, I'd probably do the same thing. Be like, oh, I paid them off. Let them enjoy that, Justin. Who cares? Congratulations. No. Congratulations. No. Um, good soundboard. Dunk on you're, me. You're the new. I don't the care. New, dunk on me. We was wrong. And then. And we also got very no, cocky we too. Wrong. But no, we got very cocky. We went from like we're confident in this case to like this case is done. This like we're threatening the prosecutor. We got a little too cocky with it. I'll give the list. I will give our you. You were that. threatening the prosecutor. Um, guilt by association, brother. Learn about the law. That that is true. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's do giant stories. We'll lighten it up, and then we'll finish it off with some Leonard Williams talk, which is always fun. Um. All right, cue the music.
John Halapio was bowling. Leonard Williams was dolphin watching. His life continues to just be really good, and we'll get into it in a second. Nick Gates bought a Jeep. David Sills was driving his Jeep on the beach. Levine Toilolo was paddleboarding and feeding ducks. Golden Tate was at a Darius Rucker concert. Concert in COVID? What? Sterling Shepard was grilling. Grant Haley was playing fetch with his dog, throwing the ball in the water. And Saquon Barkley hit the crossbar from 50 yards out with a football. Justin, this is uh, the second to last Giants stories until camp starts. When camp starts, this segment is retired until, you know, January, hopefully February, because we're going to win the Super Bowl. What what piques your interest? This segment has been a lot of fun. Uh, it was Bobby Skinner's idea, so Bobby, always, uh, always good for good you. Ones. Yeah, o- always always the good ones, unlike episode 169, where that was a terrible idea. Um, I agree. <laughs> Um, here's what caught my attention. John Jalapio was bowling. Um, now I am a bowler myself. I won a state championship when I was a senior in high school with St. Peter's prep. Um, I've never bowled a 300, but I've bowled the best that I've bowled is I think a 279. So, you know, you got 11 out of the 12 strikes, yada, yada, yada. Any, any idea if he had his own bowling ball, Bobby? Do you think I was paying attention to that? How would I even know that? Was he using like a bright neon ball, like a pink or yellow? Put it this yellow? way: This was his first time I've seen him bowling on an Instagram story, so I doubt he goes a lot. And he was well. They did just stuff. they did just open up again, so maybe he's he had to uh, scrape off the dust out of the old bowling ball in the bowling bag since uh, COVID started. So then he was going maybe getting an early morning sesh of a practice in. You know, um, I have to go bowling. It's been a long time since I've gone bowling, so. Uh, yeah, I'm a bowler, if you didn't know that. So, fun fact about me. What else piques my interest? Golden Tate at the Darius Rucker concert. That was kind of... It was a COVID concert. Like, he was sitting in the tailgate of his truck, and there was, like, nobody there. It was kind of weird. And it was oh. stormy. It kind of was depressing, to be honest. Like, there's you're at a concert where Darius Rucker is singing, um, and there's, like, stormy, and there's not a bunch of people around singing along. It, it kind of seemed like a practice for a concert, almost. Hot take, I don't like Darius Rucker. Long. I'm not a big Darius Rucker fan, either. He I like was kind of like the recorded. I like him as like hooting the blowfish, but like he was part of that first wave of this like new country kind of ruined country kind of stuff. Yeah, the snap country. I ha- I hate it. Um, can we talk about Nick Gates getting a Jeep? I'm a big car fan, and I do like Chrysler vehicles, Dodge and Jeep in particular. So was it a Grand Cherokee? Um, because Grand Cherokee is one of the best that they have. You know what's awesome? It was like the SUV type. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all kind of like SUVs, but like, like oh, it maybe did- it was. A- it wasn't like a like had the cross wrangler and stuff. No, it wasn't no, a so wrangler. It wasn't a wrangler. It was probably so, Grand Cherokee. I can't remember. So what he should get? My first no. vehicle was a '96 Jeep Grand Cherokee and a broken strut, so it leaned to the right like crazy. <laughs> I got, I actually not telling not telling that story. Uh, I'm not having people judge me, but that that car got really fast at one point. I'll just say that. Speaking of fast cars, what Nick Gates should buy, and hopefully you know maybe maybe he's got the little bit of money to do this, um, is to put an SRT eight engine in a jeep grand cherokee hubba 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 probably terrible on gas mileage first of all but that's basically putting like you know a, a a souped up challenger almost like a viper engine in like a jeep grand cherokee and making it an srt8 and it sounds incredible it flies uh yeah I, i'd get all i'd get all the girls if i had that car all the girls keep telling yourself that justin mm-hmm. um leonard williams dolphin watching just Awesome, dude. Congrats on having an awesome life. I have a Saquon Barkley take. Are you stealing it from Elijah Penny? No. No. What was that? What did, What was his take? So it was like a fake video? No. No. But mainly, between all these workout videos and also Saquon Barkley just doing fun things with the football in his hand, he's becoming a humble Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, that doesn't make any sense, though. A humble Odell Beckham Jr. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense? He just likes to do his workout videos. I get that. Hey, he he also is big enough to where, like, he has a brand and he can make money off. So, like, I guarantee you his agents and stuff is, like, post stuff on social consistently. Where Levine Tarlolo's agents, like, dude, like, just worry about playing tight end. Like, you're not going to be getting <laughs> ad deals. Just Which, worry about playing. Just worry about playing an off-brand of tight end that probably involves you playing right tackle as well. Yeah. So like with Saquon, like he kind of <laughs> has to like post a lot. Um, yeah. 
whereas other guys don't have to. Levine Toilolo was paddleboarding. It looked like a good time. Also on the boat, and like the duck was coming up to him. They were throwing you know food to the duck off the off the the board. So that, I mean, that looked like a good weekend. Um, so I mean, it was good. I, I Grant Haley playing fetch, Shep grilling. That's nothing new. Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, last this. Like I said, second to last time we're doing this this segment, and for um what eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and, and for at least five months. Because we're gonna make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So six yeah. months, half a year. Um. So yeah. All right. Transition out. Do we do the Leonard Williams talk? Yeah, we got time. All right, so basically he's not going to sign – or he's signing his franchise uh, tag. He's not going to get a long-term deal this year. He's going to play on the one-year deal. I know we ch- pride ourselves on not talking about the same things over and over again, especially in the offseason. I, I think a lot of people in sports podcasts and especially team podcasts, they end up talking about it's the same thing every single week. So we've given our takes on Leonard Williams and the trade. And we haven't, like, every time his name's brought up, we don't feel the need to rehash it. But let's rehash it because this is this is kind of a big moment in it, Justin. This sucks, okay? Uh, Leonard Williams is a good player, and, you know, you've led, you've kind of led the way on with that. Leonard Williams is a good player. Like, I like don't judge him off the half-sack number, although he does need to get sacks to be getting paid that much. Yeah. But people call me a Gettleman homer. This, is, this was the worst Gettleman move for me by far. Um, people might say Alec Ogletree, but I, I understand the Ogletree where it's like you're trading a fourth round pick for a guy who's under contract at a position of need. Like I, you like Alec Ogletree, it was a failure, but at least I understood the thought process behind that move. Had this, bad numbers coming in, but tomato, tomato. Yeah. With Leonard Williams, you trade a third and a fifth for the right to outbid people. That's the thing. It's like we didn't even we didn't even get him lo- locked up. That's what sucks about this. We didn't even get him locked up even that though that doesn't even make it much better. And and our buddy um and our buddy Dan Schneier, you know, take this again, take this with a grain of salt. You know, we're fans, we're not reporters. You know, our buddy Dan Schneier was all in on the fact that the Giants were very interested in Zach Bond and Zach Bond was there with that third round pick. So basically you trade for Leonard Williams for the or again the the right to you know, just negotiate with him before anybody else can. But then you also it cost you a guy like Zach Bond. Yeah. Also, don't get sucked. In, <laughs> don't get sucked into post draft takes though of what would have happened. But I I agree. There was good players there. Ashton Davis was the pick there. That's another guy that me and you both liked. Would have been a free safety, and that would have solved a lot of problems. I get the argument of like, well, how often do third round picks pan out? I get that, but also you want more. You want more chances. And you know what? If you say that third-round picks don't pan out, then don't tell me how excited you are about Matt Parrott because he's a third-round pick and he was 30 picks later. So you can't be excited for what Matt Parrott's going to be and also say that third-round picks don't matter. Um, I get – I like if Leonard Williams had two years left on his deal or three years left on his deal, yes. then I'm I'm totally fine with it. You take a chance. You get you get you trade a, a possibly be good for a guy who is good. Has he lived up to where he was picked? Absolutely not. But Justin, I I understand why it happened. I, I I do because it's the idea of having those rights to be able to franchise tag him. The thing is, I think Leonard Williams is not good enough to be that kind of player. I think he's good, but I don't think he's at that level to where you have to get like you can just you have to go for him and take no chances of not getting him. Yeah, I've been the uh, leading the charge. I feel of you know putting together some good videos and putting together some good podcast clips of saying how you know and even accumulating stats. It's not just film; it's also stats and numbers that back it up that Leonard Williams is a good football player for this Giants team. Now, that's that. We'll put that aside for right now. Bobby, this defensive tackle position—it's very deep. I feel like in the National Football League, but also the Giants have been defensive tackle you. I feel like this past decade, you even go back to Jonathan Hankins. Uh, they've been able to draft guys uh, at defense. You even go back to Jay Bromley. I even love Jay Bromley. thought Jay Bromley was a good player. I mean, just on the roster now, you know, we have Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Thompson, yeah. and then BJ Hill is a guy we all like. We don't think he's like a great player, but he's a solid guy. Like, he's kind of like the perfect guy for that third man in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, BJ Hill is like the Dave Tollison, <laughs> which that's kind of, which that's Don't give kind him of that crazy. Much credit now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was bad. Sorry, Dave, if you're listening. Um, but uh, gosh, gosh, I tell you, what, I go? feel too proper with video. I'm looking to the camera. I'm using my hands talking. I feel 
t- let me know, listeners, if my cadence is different because I I feel too proper with all this. I I know that's completely I, off topic, but I feel I feel different with video. I've enjoyed this episode. I thought this was a great. I, I, I feel like I'm like a great episode. Da-da. Where usually I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, da 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 da, you know, da 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 da. Oh, okay, okay. I no, I see what you mean there. I see, I see what you mean. There. I don't like I see it. what you mean there. One bit. See what you mean. I there. sound like um, a proper loser, and that's not who we are. We're the greasy three. We fight the man. Um, you know what? We, Here's my big thing. Here's right, my big yeah. thing on Leonard Williams, Bobby. Here's my big thing. <laughs> Thank Here's you for getting thing. me back on track. No problem. Here's my big thing. I feel, in my opinion, that if you don't Is it sign. Your opinion? It's my opinion. It's only I my hate opinion. When people say nobody in my else has opinion when it's obviously your opinion. Yeah. Well, sh- shut, shut your face. Shut your face. IMO. Um, if D- if Dave Gettleman does not extend Leonard Williams, it is a near fireable offense. Because not only have you wasted a third and a fifth round draft pick from this year, especially when you bring him on in a year where there's no point. There's no point to bring on Le- to bring on Leonard Williams to a two and six team. So you wasted a three and five year, and then you wasted the sixteen million dollars this year that we've had that it could go to it, that could go to that could go somewhere else. I think it is a near fireable offense if you do not work out an extension with Leonard Williams. But yeah, you literally just threw away picks. If now I do think he will yeah. be extended. But the thing is, is it's a lose lose situation for us where Justin, he either plays bad and we get him on a cheaper deal, but he didn't play good, which is not good, or he plays really good and that number is still extremely high. We get a comp pick. If he leaves and we don't re sign him, we get a comp pick, that which is that's true. the Giants that's the that's the Giants specialty of getting comp picks and picking at the end of rounds. That's, that's our special. But that would mean that we don't sign any free agents next off like you know. Yeah, which God, Which we did this, do. This just I, did, was there anybody worth noting in our 2021 free agency preview we did like a month ago? Any know. any defensive tackles? No, just players. Um, oh, of course. Allen Robinson. You know, like we're, we're going to get Allen Robinson or what? Maybe next year we won't go big in free agency. Yeah, but it's just. Yeah. I think everyone agrees that this is kind of a, like this Leonard Williams situation kind of sucks. You know, like Leonard Williams is a good player. Like, and we've said it over and over again. And I hate rehashing this, but I like I said, I feel we need to with this moment. He's a really good player. I think he made the Giants' defense better. Like that's without a without a doubt, he made the defense better, especially the run defense better. And I do believe he'll get sacks. Look at his total career; he does get sacks. He's not like a ten sack guy, but he get he does put up numbers. Um, this year was kind of an anomaly. Uh, so I, I, you know, the half folk, the half sack joke, like it's funny. Um, but overall, like it's just wasn't a good trade. And, and what the worst part is, is Kim Jones was to dunk all over the Giants. And I can't say nothing back because she's right. Dang it. She's so annoying, but she's right. Yeah, it's all about value. Uh, that's 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 where it's where I always start my takes. It's where I end my takes. And Bobby hates when I say that word. But it really is all about value. You know, is is Leonard Williams really going to be worth the number one, the 16 million dollars you're going to give him? And if there's a potential for the cap to increase, not next year, but if there's a potential for the cap to increase, you know, for years on years on after when, you know, when they add, when they add games and things of that nature. So is he worth it compared to you could have had a third rounder or a fifth rounder and you could have taken another defensive tackle and you're getting that guy for less than a million dollars a year. It's all about value. Yep. All right. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, we, people have heard our takes on this. This has not been the funnest episode though. It's been very negative. We're talking about Deandre Baker and but, Leonard Williams, like the two, but it's good. It's the necessary. Two most negative connotations around them on the team has not been that fun. I'll be honest. That being said, the next episode is going to be fun. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't jinx it because we've been trying to put this episode out forever mm-hmm. with, with snacks to be like kind of our own version of the bleeding blue podcast. Uh, which- I think I may need to put some kind of preface at the beginning of it because I think we there's a chance that we might have been talking about like Fourth of July things a little bit. I know That's I said fine. pre-show, so I'll, I may have to be like, "Hey, listen, we recorded this literally two weeks ago, and the world has the Giants' world has imploded, and we got a good interview, so that's why we haven't been able to put this out." So, um, just if you're listening to this now, keep an eye out for that. That we may be talking about things that happened two weeks ago, and also we're doing very good on time. I'm very proud of us. Um. Go listen to last episode if you haven't listened to last episode. Because, uh, Bobby, we actually didn't... What, I, what I'm what i very mad at ourselves for not doing last episode is giving any takes as to, like, oh, based off of what we heard from Keenan Forney, Andrew Thomas's trainer, that was the interview that we had last episode, do we think that Thomas is going to play left tackle, right tackle? We didn't give any takes. We were just like, okay, listen to the interview. 
I so, think he's going to play right tackle, and it makes me want to stab myself. I think I'm thinking that too. And as you're rubbing your face, because I think that makes you sad, that also makes me sad. Doesn't make me sad. He's... Nothing makes me sad. It makes me angry. It makes me want to stab you. That's the difference between you and me. You get mad, I get sad. Uh, mad and sad. All right, all right. So that well, I listen get... to the last episode. Yeah. So, um, so we'll have that that episode with snacks hopefully on Friday, and then that means there's two more episodes until we get into our camp stuff. Camp starts 28th which gets kicked off with the 27th, our first player profile preview. And for a month, over a month straight, basically, every weekday you will have an episode from us, three player profile Whoa. preview episodes, and then two regular episodes. The first one is always a fun one. It's a camp battle preview. And then I think we're going to try and go to a little more interview heavy during camp this year without preseason. So, you know, we'll have the normals on like Dan Duggan, um, and hopefully we'll get a different, a couple of new faces on the show. Um, and maybe, maybe they let them know, let be reporters know they're going with talking giants. Okay. Because guess what? We're growing this year with growth. We're going to have some growth and get on the bandwagon early. Um, I mean, we've already taken the world by storm, but get on early, jump on the greasy threes back and let's go. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday, hopefully with snacks. Um, hopefully nothing crazy happens to where we have to push that back again. We'll see you then until then let's go big blue.